0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard. Our guest today is Peter Cosadoy. He is, well, he is the author of Honest to Greatness, but we're going to talk about different levels of honesty, the three levels of honesty, and how honesty is the key to moving your life forward, both, as a, uh, both in your career, in your personal life, in every aspect of your life, and the kind of honesty that he's talking about. Very excited to bring this to you. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Also going to give you a couple quick pieces of intelligence to move you forward. But first, I want to give you guys a quick word from our sponsors, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Here is John Tesh with Rocket Mortgage from Quicken
1: Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why, if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen, and they are here to help, whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments. If you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
0: Once again, just want to say thank you to Rocket Mortgage from, from, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans for making today possible. Uh, real fast, before we get to the Peter Cozadoi interview, here are a couple of little quick bits of intelligence for things that are going around uh, in the world right now. The, if you've got summer travel plans, the hottest place to stay is not a hotel. It's a motel. After decades of being considered tacky, motels are getting new respect in the era of social distancing because... Most motels don't have enclosed spaces like hallways. Instead, it's typically open-air corridors that lead to the rooms, so you never need to go inside a communal space except just when you're checking in. Some motels, you don't even need to go inside to do that. You have, they have walk-up windows. They are, they're typically only two stories, so no need for an elevator unless you have a mobility issue, but then you just get on the ground floor. Motels are also uh, are seeing increased bookings because unlike big resorts or big city hotels, motels rely on people driving up not flying. In fact, there's a name, uh, that, in fact, it's in the name Motel. It's a portmanteau of motor and hotel. Motel, motor hotel. Go stay in, a, in an old Hojo. Go stay in a Motel 6 and then you don't have to go in any of the enclosed spaces. I love that as a way to get your traveling in. Just make sure it's a clean place, guys. Come on. Uh, real fast, uh, a, uh, forget about cats and dogs. The most pampered pets at the moment. Our backyard chickens. We have some friends uh, with backyard chickens. Backyard chickens trend, it just keeps getting bigger. The pandemic began. Hatcheries have seen orders surge since that beginning. For example, My Pet Chicken is a full-service chicken-raising site. They've seen sales rise over 500%. Their CEO uh, says sales are so brisk, their customer service agents are losing their voices and getting carpal tunnel. So, you know, injuries, job injuries associated with how many chickens you guys are buying. Major, reta- major retailers have gotten in the trend. Google says searches for chicken coops have spiked, and you can find everything for pa- the pampered chickens in your life online. William Sonoma has a cedar chicken coop for around $2,000. Wayfair sells a bunch of stuff for backyard poultry pets. Uh, Play Center they sell, which is like a jungle gym for chickens. Uh, pamperyourpoultry.com, not making this up, they sell dresses, tutus, colorful, colorful diapers for your chickens. Happy hen treats, they sell a cake mix for those who want to make chicken's birthdays extra special. But we have a question. Does it don't cakes need eggs? And if cakes need eggs, is this the darkest thing ever? If you make a, a cake for your for your hen, aren't you just feeding the cake? <laughs> doesn't that seem dark to you? It seems dark to me. Uh so anyway, Backyard Poultry Magazine says owners are decorating coops. And yes, that exists, Backyard Poultry Magazine. Coops with chandeliers, artwork, even handmade curtains for nesting boxes. Look, we just need we need a project, and backyard chickens are our new project. Again, I have some friends with this, and I got to say, they have fresh eggs all the time. I get it. Uh, this, you know, I understand the thing. The, the only issue is, you eat them eventually, or you at least eat their babies, their eggs. So, don't you feel a little weird making it very pet-like? I do. I mean, I'm not vegan, so I, I eat the eggs, and and and. I would feel uncomfortable, like making it feel like a pet. That could just be me. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm weird like that. Anyway, that's it for your two quick pieces of intelligence. Here is my interview with Peter Kozadoy. Peter Kazadoy, author of Honest to Greatness. Thank you so much for being a part of the show with us today. Fantastic to be here. Uh, so, you know, I want to get right into this. Your book kind of operates under the thesis that that honesty, especially in this day and age. Uh, is is one of the most important business principles to to invest in, and we're we're going to talk eventually about why how it applies to, to individual lives. But first and foremost, why why is uh, what do you mean by brutal honesty, and why is it so important right now?
2: Yeah, it's funny, you know, people see that I wrote this book and they're like, you know, I used to tell it like it is and everyone got mad at me. I think that's a really good, like, the first thing we need to do actually is define what honesty is not. Mm. You know, one of the CEOs I... Uh, I have an interview with in the book, makes a really good point. He says, you know, if you're flying in an airplane and the pilots come over the intercom and they say, well, folks, uh, we've never seen storm clouds like that before, so please put your uh, seatbelts on. Not quite sure if we're going to get through this, but, you know, we're hoping we do. Is it honest? Yes. But is it helpful? No. Right. You know, honesty is only as good As the trust that it creates Mm. now if we look around our lives and see what's going on here in 2020 in the pandemic we can instantly see how this is a problem because we don't know who's being honest we don't know what facts and data and news stations whatever to trust Mm -hmm. and we have governors running in 50 different directions and look at the mayhem it's caused right so you know this is why right now in the 21st century where everyone has a smartphone that's someone somewhere Is recording what's really going on. You know, in that world, it is no longer going to pay to do anything but be honest and transparent. So what I do in my book, Gib, is I redefine what honesty means in order to use it not as a touchy-feely core value, but as a strategy to achieve results in your business and life. And so there are three main layers. That I talk about that that folks need to become really aware of. And it this is true whether you're, you know, in any level of an organization or simply, you know, leading in your personal life. The first level is getting honest with what I call the community. In other words, what's going on in society around us? You know, how are Trends shifting how are social norms changing this Mm -hmm. by the way is how? uh, Netflix put blockbuster out of business, you know, they blockbusters sitting there uh, Saying, you know, well, this this old business model should work, right? I mean people love going to stores and getting DVDs Meanwhile Netflix knew the truth, you know that consumer preferences were changing and were able to capitalize on that the second level is getting honest with and about the others around us. Now, the distinction is important. It comes exactly back to you know, your original question. What, what is honesty exactly? How honest are we supposed to be? Well, sometimes we do need to level with people. We do need to be honest with them, direct, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you can imagine many cases where you just wish someone would be honest with you, right? Instead of trying to beat around the bush, and that, that's important. But we also need to be honest about the others around us, you know, about how they're thinking, how they're feeling, how differently they think from the way you think. You know, this is where empathy comes into play, you know, and and being able to phrase things in a certain way that isn't going to offend the ego that you're talking to and being aware of how people are putting up their defensive walls.
0: Right. That's that's important. Like, you know, being uh, like you were saying before, being that, that finding that brutal honesty without being. Without the emphasis on the brutal, right? <laughs> That's right. You're not going to affect, you're not gonna affect change, and you're not going to you're not going to improve yourself by just being mean to people, even if it is honest.
2: Well, I'm so glad you bring up the effect change because you know what what one of the saddest things I've seen this year in particular. I mean, this year has been filled with a lot of vitriol, right? And people right. taking up sides, and unfortunately, you know, a side is taken up. And then the response of the other side is to just shout them down, call them stupid. You know, how could you think that? How could you do that? How, by the way, people, that's not what helps other people change. Right. That's not the way. Right. That only entrenches them even further into their belief systems. You know, instead, we need to be more honest about what even creates change, to your point, Gib. You know, mm. which, is, which is disarming, coming to common ground, asking open-ended questions like, hey, why do you believe that? What data are you looking at? How have you formed your opinion? Help me understand. That's the way we come to a common understanding. You know, not not by shouting other people down. Right. And and part of that, you know, we, yeah, the great next question is how does that happen? Where does that happen? And that's in the third level of honesty, which is getting honest with and about yourself. You yeah. know, with your own biases and self-limiting beliefs and ego and all the junk that we carry around that we allow to infiltrate both our you know personal lives friends and family and and of course our professional lives
0: yeah i mean i think that's that's actually that's that's the really hard part right is is being honest with yourself because i feel like 90% of the activity of our prefrontal cortex is to explain away our behaviors that that maybe are not our favorite Right. Well, like, let me how, ask
2: you a question. Oh, no. How, how oh do you, no. how do you how do you know it's hard? <laughs> Who is it hard
0: oh, to be honest with yourself? I mean, I think I think we put a lot of personal defenses uh, into our minds. I think we spend a lot of time. Uh, you, I think this is a behavior that we have to unlearn where we we as human beings protect our emotions by uh, telling ourselves. I wouldn't even say lies, but but distorting the truth to, so that we we are always the hero in our own story. Uh, and, and then you then baked into that is a a lack of acceptance of, of your shortcomings and the things you've done wrong.
2: And, and is that, do we find that challenging as a human race? Of course, but I would argue that anyone, and I know because I've done it, you know, I was like most, I was voted, you know, most likely to continue being a jerk in like high school (laughs) in in my young 20s. If I Can understand honesty and transparency and learn to adapt my language and be honest about others. And I can learn the power of vulnerability than Mm. anyone can. And those things don't take time. They take an instantaneous decision, a commitment on the part of us to A, become aware that we are no good, dirty liars and that we're lying to ourselves about a whole hell of a lot. And B, to decide that we are going to make change and then to
0: make that change.
2: That's not difficult but it does take a lot of bravery and a lot of honesty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so how, I guess, uh, well, let's go through the, let's go through the layers and sort of how we can start to apply them to ourselves. Like, uh, the, the first layer is, is honesty with the community, right? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, do you feel like as individuals and businesses, like people are not being honest with the community?
2: Well, I mean, look at what's what's going on. Right. You know, I I'm not I'm not afraid of kind of, you know, getting into into the issues, right? So I look at things like gender fluidity, mm-hmm. which is brand new to our society, right? May not be brand new to the folks who are questioning whether they feel more like a guy or a girl or whatever, but mm-hmm. new to our society. So it, there are two Two things to consider here. If we're we're going to be really honest about what's going on. The one thing we need to be honest about is it's it's here. Like this is a conversation that's happening. There mm-hmm. are obviously lots of people who want to talk about it and be open about it and feel a certain way. And so we need to be honest about that. Like we can't pretend we're going to go back to the 1950s where everything was gender binary, right? It's right. just, that's not, it's not what's going to happen. On the flip side, we need to be honest, uh, you know, if we drop down one layer about how society's reacted to that. A lot of folks, you know, can't understand it, won't understand it and this and that. And, and as we were saying earlier, Gib, like the way forward is not to tell them, well, too bad the world changed and you got to catch up. Like that's right. People don't, this is a very puritanical country. You know, we were founded by pilgrims. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> we need to, like, remember that America's values have been stuck, you know, for, for a very long time for better and for worse, you know, depending on. Right. on, on what. So, you know, we need to be honest that not everyone's going to jump right on the bandwagon and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, we used to have two bathrooms. Now we've got 17. Cool. Like that's, you know, it's impractical to expect people to just jump into new mindsets. Sure. Now, as we talked about later, they can. But that's their choice. We can't force it. So this these are the ways that we can learn to just sort of settle a little of the, the angst or anxiety or, uh, you know, uh, any of the, the anger, frustration, the feelings we feel when we see these freight trains moving along. It's like we can actually use honesty to, to ask better questions about these things and and get honest about what's going on, you know, at that community level.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you start to say so you, okay, so this is here. We you, you there's a, baked into that I feel like is a is a level of acceptance about what's going on around us and and not putting your head in the sand and just sort of saying, "Hey, here is here's what's happening."
2: Yeah, we are a changing, evolving species and a changing, mm. evolving planet. Like that's the truth, right? Right. <laughs> so you know, I think I think perspective. You know, getting honest about community is about perspective. You know, and and perspective taking, uh, trading perspectives, and really just understanding at a higher level what's going on in the world, and not just in you know looking at it from the lens of your own mind.
0: Am I am I correct in in taking that first layer, that community layer, and saying this is not asking anybody to distort their values or to or to move to move the needle on what they think is right or wrong but merely nope. to acknowledge what is merely
2: acknowledge it and be curious and discover more about it you mm-hmm. know not just simply hear something and react and entrench to it right uh, yeah you're 100 percent right
0: okay so let's get let's get to the second layer Wait, remind us what the second layer is
2: yeah which is getting honest with and about the others around us
0: yeah so i mean this is this is the age old like how we start to apply this is, the, is like the age old question honey do i look fat in this dress <laughs> yeah, um, that's right how do we how do we start to do that in a way again that doesn't make us most likely to be a jerk for the rest of our lives uh, in our high school yearbooks
2: yeah there's some really really great techniques because you know every everyone will agree that being honest in terms of being direct is efficient, right? In the organizations I've had as clients over the years, the ones who are just willing to be honest with each other, you know, at every level of the organization, hey, this is what's going on, this is what you need to do, this is what's going to change. It's just efficient. They're able to move and do things. And then others who tiptoe around each other and they're afraid of offending people and people have delicate egos and that they just can't get out of their own way. They end up stagnating. You know, everyone out listening to this podcast probably had a job at one point or another and you know you reach into your your history. There are ways we can get around these delicate egos and actually start to use honesty with with the others around us One of them is a technique. I call being honest and pointing to the honesty Which can be done in two ways before you have a conversation. You can set the table. Hey, you know what in this instance? um, Do you mind if I'm really honest and direct with you because I think that's going to be the best most efficient way Mm -hmm. Is that okay you get permission? And oftentimes, it's immediately disarming. People will let their guard, oh, okay, I'm going to receive something honest. Okay, yeah, I'm ready for it, right? right? It's when people aren't prepared that they get upset. And the second thing is, you know, if you've just been honest with someone, you can say, like, listen, by the way, I know I'm being, like, really honest with you. I trust you with that. You deserve the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm giving you that. And what it does is, again, what are they going to say? Like, oh, well, I can't be trusted with the truth, So, so, you know, screw off. Like, no. It's not going to happen, right? Right. Um, so again, you know, these sort of disarming techniques are all about being honest. You know, how do you be direct while not offending? And right. and there's one more strategy I want to share, Gib, which is a technique called feed forward. Uh, you know, everyone's familiar with feedback, right? You know, you do something, I do or don't like it, and I'm going to give you feedback on it. I saw mm-hmm. that thing you did, Gib, and here's what I think about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Depending on who you are, like, you may love that. Oh, gosh, thank you for letting me know. That's great. Now I won't make that mistake again. Or you may be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so offended, right? Right. But the way around that is a technique that I called, uh, I use called feed forward. And the idea is this. If you do something and I take a look at it and I say, you know, think think about this with me. I wonder what it would look like if we did this or this or this. What do you think would happen if we did one of those options? And now we're engaging in a conversation about the future, by the way, the future hasn't happened yet. So no one's to blame for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I give you feedback of what you already did, well, it's clearly your fault, or at least that's how your ego can take it. So those are some techniques that you can use, my gosh, at work, in your marriage, with your kids. This stuff is super powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the only concern I have about that is in how to approach feed forward is um is that you, you? You have to be sensitive to how you're framing it, right? Like if if you're talking about how things will go in the future, there's there. Uh, I'm worried that I w- that you might that people might say, or that I, w- I would make it personal. That I would say uh, something like, "Well, you always do this, so we have to make sure that like that, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's That'd very easy to fall into certain conversational patterns that can be actually even more offensive because you're assuming. Uh, people's weaknesses in the future, as opposed to, um, as opposed to you know, actually dealing with behavior that happened.
2: Well, you're you're so right. It takes a language transformation. Listen, I had to go through it, and let me tell you, one of the two most offensive words that I want everyone out there to eliminate forever from their vocabulary, and it's this: you should. Yeah, no one should be saying you should. Yeah, do, you don't know whatever people around you should be doing. You're not them. Mm-hmm. You're not qualified to tell them what they should do. You know, it, and you can see it, you know, when you have someone with your next dinner party your next whatever, right? Just watch. Someone giving someone direct advice. Oh, you should do this and you should do that. Watch the person receiving that response. Mm-hmm. That you can see them physically, just like shutting Close down. Off. Like yep. Like shut. Like shut up. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one should ever say that. Instead, you know what I've adopted and what I encourage my group of entrepreneurs to adopt is using I and only speaking from the I. Not even saying Gib. Uh, you said this, but I heard you say that. Or. You know, I, I hear your story, and it make it reminds me of a time I blah blah blah. No one can get upset with you for sharing your experience, right? You're not mm-hmm. telling them what they should do. You're just saying, hey, here, that's really interesting. Here's what happened to me that's similar, mm-hmm. and I wonder if there's something you could learn
0: there. That's it. You also baked into that though is as an assumption that the, the, the people you are talking to are able to uh, to be self referential enough and to be. Uh, aware enough to, to take the wisdom from something else and apply it to their own life. And if I mean, you're not
2: sure they can, it's, Hey, that reminds me of a story. Um, and I tell the story to people and, and I find it helps them in this situation. Do you mind, do you mind if I tell you that maybe it would be helpful? Yeah. The, that you, way the, these disarming
0: them. tactics are, are so, the, the priming is really important and it, it, really it, important. it's kind of like, um, are you, you familiar with, I mean, I'm sure you are with, with, uh, sandwich criticism. Right, oh, the sandwich yeah. technique. So, so,
2: but people are wise to that.
0: <laughs> they they are, they are. I, honestly, though, I, I gotta be, I, even if people know that it exists, it still works. I mean, yeah, it's one I, of those I, things I like our, our lizard brains just they, they're like, oh, a nice thing. And it's like, okay, criticism. Oh, another nice thing. Like, they even yeah, yeah. if you know what the sandwich technique is, which is. If you're going to give somebody a criticism, you put it between two compliments. Um, yeah. That uh, that so you have a you know compliment sandwich with criticism, with a lean layer of mutton or criticism in the middle. Um, the that's that's the sandwich technique. And but even knowing it doesn't take away its efficacy. I find, you know, I yeah. I, I I have used it multiple times with different people in our organization, and it 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 never fails. So Fantastic. this is this to me, this priming that you're talking about is just an adaptation uh, of the of the sandwich technique, but you're in, you're, you're just complimenting them on how well they're going to receive the criticism. Basically, Basically, (laughs) you you are the kind of person that takes criticism. Well, so I'll just say this, um, you know, right there, they, they've got the compliment. They're going to embody the compliment.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it gets, it gets hard for, you know, everyone wants to be seen as nice. Everyone wants to be seen as open minded. Everyone right. wants to be seen as self-aware. Right. Uh, you know, arguably the folks that think they're most self-aware are usually least self-aware in my experience. But you I know, feel attacked. It, <laughs> but you can, you know, you're exactly right. If we set the table, then that's what works. I mean imagine if someone had done that just as the pandemic was breaking. Mm-hmm. You know, hey folks, uh everywhere across the nation, this thing is coming. We have very little information about it. Uh, what little information we do have is helping us craft this action plan. We don't know if this action plan will work. If we don't do it together, it definitely won't work. And now I am asking you for your help. Right. That clarity of, of message and being honest about what we know, what we don't know, we, that would have been wonderful, refreshing. Right. right? right. Unfortunately, right. you know what happened.
0: Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, uh... right. So, you, you, you. I, I get that how, that that's how you have to do it with with other people. I, I think there are some relationships, obviously like this is your mileage may vary kind of situation where you have to craft whatever you're saying and know the people around you well enough of course. to be able to craft that. So um, I, I see that. And then the, then the final layer is is honesty with yourself. Um, you know, how do we... I feel like a lot of people already struggle with anxiety and low self-esteem stuff, uh, low self-esteem Um uh not not low self image but low self esteem like i think we all think of ourselves or i mean you know we we i think we all have a little bit of megalomania and a little bit of depression in each of us so yeah. how do you avoid the sort of toxic internal monologues that uh that can lead people to spiral emotionally while also uh being honest with yourself in a way that allows you to improve
2: you know so much of what we think is simply not true you know it's funny is I never set out to write a book you know about honesty or speak about honesty Mm -hmm. frankly even care about honesty Gib. you know I I set out to write a marketing book and when I kept looking at the root cause analysis of like what made these organizations successful or not in my clients and you know and others it kept coming back to how honest are they you know how self-aware are they how willing are they to admit fault or how willing uh, are they to change? You know, and, and really, it came down to a, a much more interpersonal thing. You know, we've been talking about interpersonal skills, right? I haven't even gotten to, you know, can this help an organization achieve right. success because right. it's so universal? Um, but you know, a couple of years ago when I first started talking about this, someone asked, like, well, do you beha- do you believe like everyone's inherently honest? And at the time, I was like, yeah, I mean, I think so. Now, definitely not. I mean, we are all a bunch of no good dirty liars. Yeah. And it, the the fact of the matter is we lie for our own psychological protection to protect our beliefs because no one walks around thinking like, well, uh, what I do is wrong and everything I think is wrong. And I, no, like we all walk around thinking we're doing the best thing at all times. We think the best, we have the best beliefs, et cetera. And unfortunately, as we entrench into that psychological safety, we bury ourselves in a hole that costs us. And it costs us because It prevents us from being honest about, you know, who we really are, what kind of friends we really want, what kind of life we really want to lead, what kind of job we really want to do. You know, it's all these things take a very serious honesty. And so for folks out there, you know, that want to understand how do you turn this into a tactic and how you actually make honesty Mm -hmm. work for you, not just like a nursery rhyme. I want them to ask themselves two questions. And these questions apply whether you're looking at a headline on the news or your great aunt Betty's Facebook post or you're thinking a thought in your head and it's this, is that true and how do I know? You you imagine someone sitting around thinking, well, I could never achieve that. Is that true? How do you know? Where's the data for that? Mm. Where's the evidence for that? Is that a BS feeling you have? Well, I'm sorry, but we can't just operate on feelings all the time. We need facts. We need truth. And what I find is, you know, in the entrepreneurs that I work with, if I can help them understand that their sales problem, their operations problem, their people problem, it all rolls back to whether they're being honest with themselves on the levels Mm -hmm. we've talked about. You know, are the things they're thinking and feeling even true to begin with? And that's, by the way, the operating base that we live our lives by. If we realize that there's something fundamental in, like, the foundation of our lives that we've, you know, built on a cornerstone it's not even true, then massive transformation can happen. Once we bring that cornerstone out into the light and change it.
0: And once you start to be able to, and and I, I sort of a linchpin in that would be being honest with yourself to the point where you can say, Hey, uh, this is the cornerstone of what I built my life. I mean, I think a lot of us walk around having made a lot of unconscious decisions, not even realizing what that cornerstone is.
2: Absolutely. Well, and you know, what's, what I've found is that actually identifying it and doing something about it is not the problem. It's becoming aware that right. there's even a lie there to begin with. Yeah, like it's a habit because listen, it's like a habit, an addiction. I'm addicted to my own lies, right? And what do you do with addiction? Well, step one is admit, admit you I'm have a problem.
0: problem, right? Exactly. So wait, I, I want to come back to how we can, and I love that two-step process of is this true and how do I know? And I want, I want to put a pin in that for a second because I do want to get to how we can start to apply and why honesty is beneficial for ourselves and for our organizations. Um, but before we get to that, I really do want to kind of uh, finish the idea of how we can get honest with ourselves in a, in a constructive way. Like, How do we begin to approach looking inward honestly without, uh, without doing more damage than help and, and, and sort of how to begin unraveling? I, mean, I think a lot of us, I'll just speak for myself, put protective layers over our own past behaviors and over our own thought processes because we want to justify where we are at a certain point. Um, and, and I think we want to justify, we make unconscious decisions, but, and then we want to, we want to go backwards and justify those decisions. So my point to all of that is to say, um, how do we start to do that in a constructive way? Like, how do we start to approach ourselves that way?
2: I'll tell you, there are two conditions under which it cannot be done. Number one, it cannot be done alone, right? You can't sit in a room with your own thoughts and suddenly be more honest about yourself. It doesn't work that way, right? Otherwise right. you would have done it already. Right. And number two, you cannot do it with others that you do not feel safe with. You know, if you feel you're going to be judged or you feel you're going to be told, no, how you are is just fine. That's not the path to change either. There's only one way I have found that's worked for me personally. And now I do it for, uh, groups of entrepreneurs. Uh, I actually run a program called forum and, uh, as entrepreneurs in it, we come and meet once a month on zoom And with 100% confidentiality, we get really honest with each other about Mm -hmm. what's really, really happening in Mm. our business, personal life, and family life. The type of things that we don't even want to share, you know, maybe with our family members or spouses or or whatever. And the reason why it works is because everyone's committed to the same thing, to listening, to reflecting. Hey, I heard you say you're having uh, trouble, you know, with your mom's death. That's it, right? Just reflecting back. Yep, that's true. Okay. Okay. It is something I need to put on the table. Something I need to deal with. And what I found is that in a group setting, uh, you can actually, you know, unearth these things, put them on the table, and that's how you can begin to deal with them. You but just it does snuck take in. Group.
0: You just snuck in group therapy to a group of high achievers. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. it.
2: It, it's yeah. like therapy for your business. I call it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, but it's but it's more it's, it's therapy with yourself. And what I'm what I'm hearing you say is, you know, I I, I thought you framed this backwards. You started with community went to others around you and ended with yourself. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem right. I think, I, wouldn't you want to change yourself first and then begin to go to the people in your direct sphere of influence and then take it to the broader community? But, I, but I, I'm seeing now that if you can get honest about the circumstances of life in general and then begin to find ways of being honest in constructive ways with the people around you, you begin to create a culture that allows for you to be self-reflective and honest with yourself uh, so that you can move towards self-improvement. So I really, I, w- I wasn't going to say it, but I thought you had it backwards, but now I'm hearing <laughs> that you have it, that, that it is the right way.
2: Well, here's here's why it works. And, and yes, you're absolutely right, because we're not, first we need to understand the context of, of where we even are, right? If I'm going right. to be honest with myself, as right. it's a, a, you know, 2500 BCE Egyptian, that's different than now in 2020, right? Yeah. So once you go down the layers, the reason why I call it an hourglass is you actually come back out. Because mm-hmm. what happens is honest Gib is very different than dishonest Gib. Mm-hmm. Like, honest Gib has different wants, fears, desires, dreams. He will actually begin to change the others around him, change right. his work environment, change his friends, change the family members that he no longer visits at Christmas because they're toxic or whatever. Yeah, and that's how you can actually influence the community. You know, create game-changing results. Absolutely transform your life.
1: Mm.
0: All right. Well, now let's get back. I mean, I look, I, I love it. I think, I think you make some great points about how honesty, uh, how to get honest in, 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 in this sort of course. I love the hourglass analogy, right? You go outward, move inward, and then you can go back outward again. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, I want to get into why I think a lot of us might wonder, okay, I get that I get how to do it. But why does why is honesty such a transformational concept? Uh, and how we begin to start applying it to ourselves. So let's just start with why, why it is so transformational for, um, for so many businesses and people.
2: Let me, let me tell you a quick story. At 17, I was convinced of two things. The first is I was going to the Olympics as a figure skater. I've been a figure skater for, yeah, since I was three, I was pretty good. Um, you know, early mornings, off ice ballet, the whole nine yards, right? I was going to the Olympics. The other thing I knew Gibb at 17 was I was going to Harvard. I grew up outside of Boston. I had some family members go to Harvard. There was only one college and that was Harvard. Right. By 18, it was clear that I wasn't good enough to go to the Olympics. Um, I couldn't hold my nerves together. I didn't have the jumps I needed. It just wasn't going to happen. I applied to Harvard. Harvard sent me a nice letter back saying, thank you, but no, thank you. You know, don't call us. We'll call you. And it was a devastating, devastating time. So In my 20s, turned out those were really good like chips on my shoulder, right? To go out Mm -hmm. and build a company, Mm -hmm. and we started from scratch in 2008, uh, and ended up building a multi-million dollar company. Got on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies in the U.S. for a couple years in a row, and then uh, tragedy struck, which is that I turned 30. I don't know if this has happened to you. Has this happened to you?
0: Gross. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: Devastating, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why is because at 30, I realized through my quarter-life crisis that I had accepted a second best scenario for myself. After missing those first two, like having those first two massive failures in my teens, I had just decided like, well, all the big, big dreams that I had, obviously those aren't going to come true. So I'm just going to let them die. And once I got honest about that, I realized that there were things that I really wanted to do, one of which was write a book you know, which is why I'm here Mm -hmm. talking to you today. Do a TEDx talk. Uh, I went back to get an MBA at Columbia. These are all things that I knew in my heart I really wanted. And once I was honest about them, guess what? You know, I was a different me. I really made massive changes in my personal life and business life and achieved more in the two years after I turned 30 than I had in the 10 years prior. Mm. Nothing can happen unless you're honest about who you are and what you really want. Otherwise, you're just going off on a railroad track to some other place that you never wanted yeah. to begin with.
0: Yeah. I mean that you, you, what you say there is, is like, is something that I've really been coming to grips with myself lately, which is that we end, I feel like so much of our lives, so much of all of us. And there's so many movies, ironically, there's so much art movies and books that are written as metaphors for this. But um mm-hmm. I mean, from like the step for wives to vivarium to uh killing of a sacred deer, like these are all movies where, where we have, where you have these people who have made these choices and have ended up in a life based on 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 moves that they made at one point and concessions that they've made unconsciously, and now we just we drive the same pattern every single day, and we end up we end up five, ten, sometimes even twenty years into a life that we didn't choose, and we we sort of. Put ourselves into with these unconscious choices, and we wake up, and that, that, this is why people wake up and they leave their spouses. This is why yep. people wake up and they and they you know quit they, their they, jobs <laughs> and they quit their jobs. And they 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 have the midlife and the quarter life crises. It's because we've made these choices sort of unconsciously. We decided at one point, maybe we were seventeen like you were, or we were twenty two, and we decided that this was a good decision, and we've been unconsciously reinforcing that decision every day until finally our consciousness says this is dissonant with what who we really are, and we have these giant breaks. Um and exactly. and and the and the best way to do that is to like you're saying is to get honest with ourselves and figure out where the break is going to come and get ahead of it. 100%. Yeah, I mean I just I, I I and it's it's um I feel like it's really scary. Like a lot of us uh a lot of us may want to shrink back into the shroud of unconscious uh manifestation that we've been in for for a decade or so. Um, because this is this is harder, I think it's better, but it's what you're talking about is is a slightly harder life.
2: It, again, it depends. You know, is that true? How do we know what what's harder? Is it harder to be 80 and have regrets, or is it harder to try right. for you know everything you want in life and just, eh, at least you gave it a shot? I was always in the latter camp, always. Well,
0: right, yeah. So what you're saying, what you're right there is you're talking about this uh, the the con- the contextualization of harder, right? Because mm-hmm. it's definitely harder today to do the stuff that we're talking about. But uh, it's like the, there's that old Chinese proverb, and I've mentioned it before. It's um, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Yeah. The second best time is today. That's um, right. So, you know, the, like we can sit there and say that, oh, my gosh, well, these things have passed me by. These things that I used to want, I you know, I can't have anymore. And to your point, is that true? And how do I know? And then, right. and then two is get planting that tree. If you didn't plant it 10 years ago and you, and you really want that tree now is the time that is the second best time to do it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I, I mean, that is, that is both, it's like, you know what it's like, uh, it's like standing on the edge of a cliff, right? I love, uh, when I'm on vacation, I love to go cliff jumping like into water. Uh, and there is that moment right before you're about to jump off where you're, your your stomach, where my, you know, heart is in my stomach. Uh, and, and I'm, I, you're sitting up there and you, you've, climbed all the way up there. It's going to be hard to climb down. People usually there's people around watching you and, <laughs> and, and it, there's like this moment where you're like, ah, the easier thing to do would be to not do it, but there's so much pushing me off. And then you finally take that leap and there's that second where you feel the acceleration of gravity and all of a sudden the joy hits. And you hit the water and you pop back up and it's like, yeah, I, I, like all I, I have that same feeling about what you're talking about as I do standing on the edge of that cliff. You just you, have to jump. You raise such
2: a great like I love that story and analogy because the way I've been able to get over my own fear, which I have a lot, by the way, you know, putting my uh, I call it, you know, airing out my my mental thoughts on the wind mm-hmm. for all of America to read. Right. I mean, That's what a book is. Right. The way I've gotten over that is to literally. Climb the cliff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna jump. I'm gonna climb the cliff. But right. now that I'm up here, I got all these people looking at me, and I can't climb back down. So I'm kind of stuck. Right. And I've continually done projects in my life that have put me at a point where, well, I just, I got to do it now. Can't not do it now. And I think that's a really great psychological technique to to get us where we're going. I love that you said that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just, it, I'm just taken off of the emotional reality that you're that you're creating this. And I think, look, I, I see, I see how this benefits how this can benefit each and every one of us as individuals, how if you're an organizational leader, and by the way, you know, just to everybody listening, you're a leader, whether you know it or not. You're a, yes. Even if you're the bottom cog of a, of a giant multinational corporation, you're yes. the leader of your own life. You're the leader of, of the people around you. you. You are the leader of something. And, yes. and you can apply these principles to whatever sphere of influence you have, whatever that is. If you're Jeff Bezos, obviously your leadership decisions impact a lot more individuals, but it doesn't matter like you you have the ability to affect change around you and in you and um i mean this is just i i think this is just such a um a timely thing the other thing i want to say is what better time than now for us to all get honest with ourselves and and the stuff around us I, this this pause that has been 2020 and it is it's it's it, it, i don't think i can't think of a better way to frame it than to say it's a pause button that we've all been forced to press everything that we thought we we that we had our foundation in has eroded um you know the the there's the, whatever you thought was was the basis for framing your life clearly it probably has some holes in it and what better time to realize that you're you're living on shifting sand than now what uh, what
2: a get, like what a gift yes. 2020 is and you know what's interesting is well is that true yeah it is if you believe it is
0: yeah yeah and it really it's a is it a gift or a curse It's completely dependent on how you react to it that's right um so I mean all of us right now, if you're listening you have this is there's no better time to make a a, a paradigm shift in your life than now, no better time to take a moment and reassess i I know i mean no, look this is a painful time for all of us, I mean everybody is belt tightening, everybody is experienced everybody except Jeff Bezos, sorry to bring him up again, but, um, <laughs> but 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 everybody is having to reevaluate the core competency in their life and and what a great time to start to get honest with yourself and to use and to use this to move from honest to greatness, which brings us full circle, which is the title of the book uh, If you guys want to go deeper by the way there's going to be a link to the where to buy the book in the show notes so you guys can go ahead and get your hands on a copy because you can apply these leadership principles to so much of your life. And I, and I just really want to encourage everybody to, uh, to take the time, dive into the book, and to dive into their own lives in this way. Um, Peter, I know I've kept you for a very long time, and I appreciate your time today. I'm going to ask you two things as we wrap this up. First and foremost, uh, aside from buying the book, which, again, link in the show notes, where can people follow up with you?
2: Absolutely. So uh, come have an honest conversation with me. I'm at honest to com. that's honest t o greatness.com on that site you can take the free 21 question honesty quiz which will actually tell you your honesty profile and uh how honest you really are if you're brave enough to know Oof. Uh, Oof. i'm the I know. Right. Do it, um, guys. It's, it's good stuff. And I have a whole video at the end uh, that I email you that explains the types and all that. So uh, it's good. You know, good self-awareness. Right. To start to get into the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, please pick up a copy anywhere copies are sold. Uh, that really helps. I've had some honest conversations with, you know, particularly my wife saying like, what if what if nobody buys this book And I have to admit <laughs> that that nobody gives a crap about honesty? That would be sad. But um, you know what? I'm open to that. Right. I have to be open.
0: I, I hope that everybody right now is motivated enough to at least go and take the quiz and to get to feel, to, to, to take, that first, take that first step to climb the cliff uh, before you go cliff jumping, right? Like that's, that's it. Start to, build, start to climb that cliff. And, and the first step is to figure out how honest you are. I love that. So link to that website, as well as again, where to buy the book in the show notes. And Peter, one last thing, and I ask it to everybody. What is one thing that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better?
2: Start asking questions whenever you have someone on the other end of the table from you and they give you an opinion, your instinct is to tell them they're wrong or what, just ask them about it. Be open minded. If, if, if we build a nation of people who just ask, oh, interesting, tell me more about that. How did Mm -hmm. you, how did you come up with that? Imagine what kind of society we could build.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely be a more civil society and we could, there'd be more compromise. I would hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter Casadoi, thank you so much for your time today. Again, links to all of the stuff that we've been talking about are in the show notes. Please check that out. Uh, and uh, we just we just really appreciate you. So thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for being honest. <laughs> That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. And I've seen a bunch of you doing that, and I genuinely appreciate it. Also, if you're somebody in your life that needs to hear this, please Share this episode with them, that would mean a lot. It helps us out a lot. Check out all of our links in the in the show notes to different social media accounts accounts, including Facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there all the time. You can check that out. John is also on, on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. On Twitter at John Tesh. I and Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or on Instagram and Twitter at Gib Gerard. Uh, also I try to respond to like every message and DM on, on social media uh, because that because I, I get I get a lot of feedback from you guys and what you guys want to hear on the show because I do the show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.